We are uh, going to be in the book of Luke chapter 2 this morning. I love the song that we just sing, especially the way that, that Dom led it there. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. I love that song, and, and I think many of us do, probably most of us do, but I love it most because I hear it in Lowe's when I'm shopping, and I see people singing along, you know, the gospel coming through the loudspeakers at the stores, and it, it highlights this interesting contradiction of, of Christmas, the most Christ-centered holiday we have, right? I mean, the word Christ is embedded in the name of the holiday. But our culture's celebration of Christmas is less of a celebration of Jesus and more of a celebration of us. Uh, we write out wish lists and give them to one another and mail them to this fictitious place to Santa. We stare at beautifully decorated trees. I like listening to Las Vegas performers sing. My favorite Christmas carols is I'm in my living room with my family. Now as Christians, we also remember Jesus's work and the gift that is Jesus, and we do our best to focus on Jesus. But today, as the church, I think it would do us some good to stop and remember and sit with the reality of Christmas for a moment, to try and experience the incredible joy of that first Christmas in Bethlehem, that incredible joy that was announced by angels to shepherds first, that we would allow ourselves to feel and well up with anticipation as we remember the deep need for Jesus here on earth, as we allow ourselves as a church to allow our hearts to well up with joy and gratitude for the incredible gift of Christmas, which is Jesus. That is what Advent is. At Advent, we intentionally posture ourselves with anticipation for Jesus's arrival. We, and we're gonna take the next two weeks to do that, to let every heart prepare him room to remember our desperate need for a savior and to rejoice in Jesus. And so today we celebrate Advent. We celebrate Advent as a way to prepare our hearts for the joy of Jesus. The title of the sermon today is Good News of Great Joy. And I want to welcome our junior hires who are in the house today. Um, we're we're a one full church all gathering together. So let's read the word of the Lord for his church this morning from Luke chapter 2. And I'll be reading and teaching from the New American Standard Bible today. Starting in verse 8, it says, In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. So the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among people with whom the Lord is pleased. Church, this is the word of God for us this morning. Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you 
for your word. We thank you this morning for this incredible passage that sits before us. We ask you, Father, to pour out the Holy Spirit upon our hearts, upon this gathering. Lord, that you would connect the reality of the first Christmas with our hearts and our lives and our need for Jesus. Do that work in us today, God, that we would join with the angels and declare all glory to God, that we would experience peace on earth. We pray this all through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, in many ways, Christmas and the Christmas season uh, appeals to the worst in us. It has largely become a season of unrestrained uh, consumerism, like no other season in our calendar. But it's also a season of unrestrained emotions. People who are normally happy seem to become happier, right? But the same is also true for, for people who are sad. Christmas tends to be a season of deep sadness. Loneliness feels more pronounced at Christmas time. Those of us who mourn fear it more, feel it more sharply this time of year. So Christmas can make an already hard season for some seem downright bleak and dark. This has been a hard year. That's an understatement of the year, probably. 2020 has been tough. My teenagers pretty much hate 2020 at this point. And we see it in our culture around us. We see it in our friends and relationships. Depression among the youth, self-harm and suicidal thoughts. These have all been increasing in our culture. Marital strain, separation, alcohol abuse, financial hardship, even financial devastation is becoming more common. Let's face it, we are facing and living in hard times. Regardless of where you stand on political and social issues, this season, this pandemic season has been hard. Life has been hard. I've lost more than one relative to COVID. My dear mom, I love you mom, she's quarantining at home right now, in both isolation with her husband and in mourning for ones that she's lost. It's a hard season right now. My brother has just been forced to close his business. It's their livelihood for the second time in nine months. I have several friends who've lost great jobs and are now trying to scrape together enough money to get by. We all probably know people who are sincerely struggling with frustration, depression, anger. Kids in my neighborhood, kids in our youth group are struggling to stay sane. As a parent and as parents, we're struggling to stay sane. Things are hard. Things seem bleak. And for some of us, this Christmas may be the hardest, most bleak season of this already hard year. The irony is, and we feel it most poignantly this time of year, the irony is that Christmas was meant to rescue us from the low places of despair and hopelessness. Life sure seems like we're in need to be rescued this year. We need a rescuer. And at the root of Christmas is the recognition, the recognition that we need rescue. We need a savior. That's at the heart of the Christmas story. Christmas highlights this. And the good news of great joy is that Christmas is all about God meeting this need. Now, at some level, everyone is aware of Jesus, especially this time of year, right? Like I mentioned a minute ago, Christmas has 
the name Christ embedded in it. And if you don't know what that means, most people have seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special where Linus just drops the Christmas story on national television every year of my childhood. We also all live by a calendar that was literally reset at Jesus's birth. Everyone on earth is affected by Jesus's arrival in one way or another. This universal awareness, whether it's conscious or not, this universal awareness of Jesus's arrival serves and should serve as a reminder for us today of the universal need for Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Jesus is the good news. And Jesus is the great joy. We're going to take a look at that. And we're going to see two reasons. Reason number one, that Jesus is the good news, is that we need a savior. Reason number two that we're going to look at is that we also need joy. So we need a savior, everyone, not only because life is so hard right now. It's not only that we need to be saved from, you know, the dark oppression of 2020. Our predicament is not just due to external forces like the pandemic or government restrictions or financial hardship. We need a savior because of sin. And the Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We all harbor rebellion in our hearts toward God. And because of sin and because of this inherent rebellion that we're born into, we suffer the guilt and separation of life from God. We need a savior. Furthermore, we need a savior from the brokenness that our sin and the sin of others and the rebellion in our heart. We need a savior from the brokenness that our sin leaves in its wake. We need to be restored to God. We need to be restored to one another. And apart from a savior, we're in a tough spot. It is a bleak spot. So Merry Christmas, right? (laughs) We need to be saved. We need to be rescued. Because our sin is destructive. And not only is our sin destructive, our sin is also messy. We make messes of our life that we can't always undo. And in its wake, sin leaves broken relationships. Sin leaves broken trust. Sin leaves broken homes. Sin leaves abuse of all sorts. And these things are all products of rebellion against God. Sin is messy and destructive and hurtful. But listen, Jesus' birth is good news Jesus' birth is good news for those who recognize their need for a savior. We need saving from our sin. We need rescue from our brokenness. We need relief from shame. Not only do we need to be saved from the guilt of sin, we also need to be saved from the brokenness that sin leaves in its wake. Jesus is our rescuer. He has come to save us from sin and from brokenness. And it's for this reason that Jesus' birth is good news. The Christmas story tells us that Jesus was born to save. Very specifically, Jesus was born a savior. That's who he is. That's what he does. His birth is an amazing story, but, but it shows us how specifically Jesus was sent into a broken world to broken people for one reason, to save, to rescue the cultural and the practical circumstances of his birth seem impossibly bleak. Jesus was born into a broken world. First of all, Jesus wasn't born in his hometown. He was born far away. His parents were forced 
to travel in her nine month of pregnancy all the way to some other city they, by, because of some government restriction. The government forced them to move a, a nine month pregnant woman. His parents were very poor, very young, and very unmarried when Jesus was conceived. Society had no place for such a scandalous situation. In fact, Jesus is born not only outside of his hometown in the comforts of home, he's born in a stable because there was no room for their situation. There was no place for them to be beside an animal stable, surrounded by people they didn't know, these shepherds, livestock. The King of Kings was born as a helpless baby in a dirty barn to young poor parents, surrounded by dirty people, far from home, far from the comforts of home, all because the government had limited people's freedoms and imposed strict requirements on them. But listen, the hard times didn't just end in that one situation is at Jesus's birth. After he was born, the governor started hunting down baby boys and killing them. And so as a child, Jesus was forced to flee the oppression of the government. And then as an adult, he faced constant cynicism as these arrogant authorities would look down upon him his whole life. Prideful religious leaders were disgusted with him. Jesus was born into a bleak world. He was born to low people in hard circumstances and lived his entire life amidst broken people in a broken culture. To some of us, that kind of sounds like 2020, doesn't it? Why would God send Jesus into such hard times? God sent his son to dark places, in dark times, to save broken people. Jesus came to save then and there. And listen, Jesus is able to save us here and now, today. Amen. So on the very fringe of society, the love of God was born. The word of God became history in one moment. The love of God became a man in a barn. See, the arrival of Jesus was good news for these shepherds on the hills above Bethlehem. The Lord had brought his kingdom to earth. The Lord had brought the promise of peace to earth. The Lord had brought a savior for all of, man, all of mankind. God's kingdom had come. And it was good news because it was starting to feel a little hopeless in their culture. And it's good news for us today that God has sent a savior because it can start to feel hopeless in our culture today. See, this kingdom wasn't birthed by some scheme or some gift of man. This kingdom didn't arrive due to any kind of human intervention. It's not like the government, there's revival in the government and the government ushered in this incredible move of God. That is not how God worked. God worked in a dark, broken system from the top to the bottom. Jesus was born into utter brokenness, utter depravity. God brought his kingdom to earth out of love as a baby. And this move of God is amazing and it's mysterious. See, to worldly wisdom, it seems like utter foolishness to us. God himself has come. God himself has come and he came as a baby born to poor, helpless young people, born into a bleak, broken culture. And he does so in order to save hurting, broken people. It was good news for those shepherds that night. And it is good news for us today, church. Jesus's arrival is good news because Jesus 
came to save us. And we need a savior. But Jesus is more than just good news. His arrival is good news of great joy, this angel says. And so that's the second thing we're going to look at is our need for joy. We need joy. The good news of great joy is that Jesus is our joy. And not only was Jesus born as a helpless baby in order to save helpless people, but Jesus adopts helpless people into God's family. We've been looking at that for two and a half years in our study of the book of Ephesians. That God is creating for himself, adopting for himself, a kingdom family filled with those he is saving. Adopting helpless people into his family. You are important to God. Listen, you're important to the kingdom of God. We are both an object of God's affection and we're invited to be agents of God's love as well. Here in the book of Luke, we see this. God inviting humans into his kingdom on earth. Jesus' birth is good news that brings great joy to helpless people. See, he doesn't just save us from our old life, which is awesome enough. He brings us into a new life. God adopts us into a family, into a new life with him. He brings us into a life with him. This is good news of great joy. The, cult, the world could really use from some great joy right now, couldn't it? My neighbors could really use some good news of great joy. There's so much brokenness in the world. There's so much disappointment. There's so much sadness. There's so much bad news. The world is crazy right now. Life seems crazy right now. It's impossible to find true and lasting joy on our own. We really need good news and great joy. And we try to create joy. We try to find joy on our own, right? We try to get stuff. Like this year at Christmas, kids get stoked for Christmas because they want stuff, right? And they want to give stuff. You know, there's a little part of them probably that wants to give stuff. But they want stuff, right? And that's how we are as adults. We don't change that much on our own apart from God changing our hearts. We want stuff. And we try to find joy in our stuff. Maybe a new car would make me feel better. Maybe if I just kind of, you know, got, got a new iPhone, I would feel a little bit better. That kind of pick up my spirits. Maybe if I kind of change my image on social media a little bit, that kind of helped me feel better about myself. See, we try to create joy in our life, but none of these things bring lasting joy. None of these things will ever satisfy us. Only Jesus is able to provide purpose and satisfaction and joy in life. In fact, joy is a promise that God makes to us. Jesus promises us his joy. John 17, verse 13. Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says to God, he says, I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. And then in John chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus says, just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So not only does God save us through Jesus, but he fills us with the, with the joy of Jesus. That is true joy, to be filled with joy. No longer having to strive for joy. No longer longing after joy. But there's something very specific about God's joy. 
This joy isn't just the result of something good happening to us. Although, yes, God's good news of salvation does bring us joy, for sure. But there's much more to it than just a good thing happening to us. Our joy is actually in knowing and living a new life with God. You've been invited into a new life with God. The psalmist talks about and makes, testifies to this new life in Psalm 16, verse 11. He says that you, Lord, you show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Notice the joy, this lasting joy, this good news of great joy, as the angel says, it comes from the presence of God. As the psalmist testifies, the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you. Jesus isn't like some mechanic that fixes the broken vehicle of our life and then sends us off, right? He continues to work on us. He continues to bless us with his presence. He, he doesn't release us. He, he holds on to us. This is God's promise from the very beginning. In the book of Deuteronomy, God made this promise to his people in chapter 31, verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. God's promise is that he will not leave. He will not abandon his people. That is a promise. See, God knows what we need. He knows that we all have abandonment issues. We're all expecting to be abandoned. We expect God to come in our hour of need and then leave us on our own. Oh, we got to figure life out. God says, that's not the way it is. I'm not the God that abandons you. I'm not the God that comes and goes. We're invited into life with him. And God knows what we need. We were created, the Bible says, in the image of God to be with God. And then sin and brokenness mess up this image. It makes the image very difficult to see and perceive. It ruins our identity. It ruins our, our self-identity. We lose sight of God's plan for us. And since we were made by God to be like God, we shouldn't look to within, like a Disney movie says, just follow your heart, right? We don't look within to see how we're supposed to live. We don't look within to see the, the purposes that we were created for. We look to God to see what life is supposed to be like. We look to God to see what, what we're supposed to be like. When we look to God, we see a few things right off the bat. First, we see that God is love. Listen, friend, you were made for love. You were made to know the love of God to know and receive and be filled to overflowing with the love of God. You were created by God, not only to know his love, but to overflow his love into the lives of the people around you. You were made for the love of God. The second thing we see when we look at God, we look at God, we see that God is community. We were made in the image of God for community. God exists as Father, Son, and Spirit. We were created to live life together with God, with one another, to live in love, to live together with God and one another. And the third thing we see throughout scripture is that God is holy. God is set apart. He's not like the world. We were created to be set apart. We were created to live life with God. That is the news of Christmas. That's the good news that brings great joy. Jesus deals with the things in our life that separates us from God. And Jesus gives us a new life. We can now live life 
with God, and for God. That means that we now have purpose in life. This was God's plan from the very beginning. God created humanity to be with him. Jesus knows what you were made for. He knows what brings you true joy. Jesus also knows how far we've fallen away from God's perfect plan for us. And he knows how hard and how hurtful. Jesus knows how lonely life can be. Jesus can relate to hard times and bleak seasons because he's been there. Jesus knows hardship. Isaiah 53, even before he was born, hundreds of years before Jesus's birth, it was prophesied that Jesus would be a man of sorrow. It says this in verse three of Isaiah 53. It says, he, Jesus, was despised. He was rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Listen, Jesus is familiar with wherever you find yourself today. He knows what true struggles are in life. Jesus knows grief. He's familiar with financial hardship. He's familiar with loss of personal freedoms. He knows what it's like to be oppressed by the government and by religious leaders. He knows what it's like to be abandoned by a loved one. He's familiar with loneliness. Jesus is familiar with isolation. Jesus experienced false accusations and betrayal by his very closest friends. Listen, Jesus was born into a low, hard place, and he wants to meet you in your low, difficult season. And he does meet us, low people in hard places, and he brings salvation and joy. See, life separated from God in 2020 is crazy. Life separated from God in 2020 would be overwhelming. It would just be too much. Separated from the peace of God, separated from the approval of God, separated from the companionship of God, separated from the purposes of a life lived with God. Apart from God, life is peaceless and joyless hopelessly enslaved to sin in need of a savior and helplessly a victim of our own brokenness and the brokenness of those around us. Church, we need a savior. The season of Advent is a season of recognizing on our own, apart from God, we desperately need a savior. We need not only a savior, we also need joy. Christmas is about God's plan to rescue the hopeless to send that savior to the helpless and to give joy to the joyless. This plan was hatched on the first Christmas 2,000 years ago. For unto you, the angels declare, a savior was born. Jesus was born for you. This may be the first Christmas that you actually hear this. Please hear this this morning. It brings God great joy to send his son to you. You have a savior in Jesus. Jesus was sent into dark times to save you in your dark time. Jesus came to save lost, broken, helpless people. And we know this because he appears first. He, the angels come to shepherds. The shepherds were the first ones invited 
into life with God through Jesus. And these are the outcasts of culture. These are men that lived outside of town. They lived outside of societal norms, working at night. They were filthy. People viewed them as filthy, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Jesus wasn't put off by their state. He wasn't put off by their status. Jesus came to save, and he starts with the outcasts on the outskirts of town. And at first, the shepherds are afraid, right? What the heck are we doing in the presence of an angel? Why is an angel coming and telling us about this great news, about this incredible joy? Imagine how these filthy shepherds would have felt in the presence of angels. Confronted with glory, all they would have been able to see is is their own mess, right? All they would have been able to see is the mess of their own life. And isn't that how we all are? Evaluating ourselves by how we measure up to the people that we're around. We look at ourselves and we look at others and we have a tendency to only see ways that we fall short. Now we feel this way because it's true. On our own, we do fall short. Romans 3.23 tells us that we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We know where we stand on our own. We fall short. Christmas is a story about the reality of God coming to earth so that you no longer have to stand alone. God doesn't leave us to stand on our own. That's the Christmas story. This was the message to the shepherds that night. This is the message to us today. The Gospel of John records this message in chapter 3, verse 16, probably a verse many of you have memorized. It tells us that God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn and judge the world, but that the world through Jesus would be saved. Jesus came as a savior. That is the Christmas news of great joy. That is a gift of love for you today. That was the good news that the shepherds heard that night. This love is shocking because we don't deserve it. This love is hard to understand. What could possibly be in it for God to step out of heaven? The shepherds were undone. And so on the hills that evening outside of Bethlehem, the shepherds were confused. They're scared and they're afraid. Listen to how the angel assures them. The angel says, don't fear Don't fear. Knowing the heart of God, the angel is saying, God isn't judging you for your sins. God is rescuing you from your sins. God hasn't sent a judge. He sent a rescuer. This is good news. This is God's great joy for the outcast. The good news is that this joy doesn't just remain in God. The angel says that it is for us. It is for all of us. The message isn't simply that Jesus was born, but to you he was born, the angel says. Jesus is a gift to you. The angel doesn't say, I bring good news. He says, to you, I bring good news. That will bring great joy. You have a savior. There is good news for you today. This is the Christmas gift from God to each one of us. God loves you so much that he sent a savior to rescue you and bring you joy. This morning, you may feel low. You may feel worthless. 
You may be discouraged. You might feel stuck in life today. Teenagers, listen to me. You might feel unseen. You might be so bummed out. This might be a gnarly dark season for you. Listen, there is good news and great joy for you. You have a savior in Jesus. God sent Jesus into a bleak, broken world to rescue hurting people. Jesus was born into a dark place in dark times to save hurting, broken people and bring them joy. That is what Jesus does. That is the good news of great joy. And that news is for you today. God is not afraid of your mess. God is not so far away and so busy that he can't step into your situation and rescue you. God loves you. He wants to fill you with his joy. God's not waiting for you to get your act together. Today, God has a Christmas gift for you and it's a treasure. Jesus is good news. Jesus is that great joy. Receive God's gift of salvation today. Receive God's gift of joy in Jesus. Hear and respond to this good news of great joy. Today, God is offering a gift of love and salvation and forgiveness, a gift of joy for all people. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and let heaven and nature sing. Church, let's join in with that song of the angels this morning as we worship the Lord together, amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you and praise you for your word. God, this word of, which is good news, this word which is great joy for us. Thank you, Father, for sending a savior. Thank you, Father, for bringing and giving to us great joy. We pray now, Lord, that you'd pour out your Holy Spirit on our hearts. That, God, we would respond to this gift. The gift is only good if it's received. This morning, the Lord is extending the gift of salvation. The angel says, for you, unto you, a savior is born. The shepherds didn't need a big sermon to explain what that meant. They knew they needed a savior. This morning, if you find yourselves on the spiritual outskirts, if you find yourself in that broken place, in that hopeless place, if you find yourself wondering how you're going to make it through, how you could possibly survive another season like this. The Father has good news of great joy for you. He has a gift for you. If you're, if you want to receive that gift this morning, if from your place of brokenness, you're hearing the voice of God saying, receive this gift of salvation. Come to me, my child. I just want to ask you to put your hand up right now. Receive God's gift of love. 
Let's receive that first gift of Christmas. Don't be afraid. Put your hand up. Say, yeah, God, I want that. This morning, if you find yourself in a broken place, in a joyless place, maybe you're a Christian, but you're kind of wondering, where is God in all of this? Things seem so hard. Things seem so confusing. Things seem so broken. Where's God in all of this? Today, maybe you need to receive the great joy that God is extending. That's that's the gift of Christmas is great joy. If that's you, I want to ask you to raise your hand. Christians that are asking God for joy this morning, the joy of the Lord, join me in receiving the gift of joy in Jesus. Father, this morning as we worship you, we pray, Holy Spirit, for you to do that work, that work of salvation and that work of adoption, that, that work of identity, the joy that you impart to us in Jesus. Help us, Lord, to see Jesus. Help us, Lord. Thank you, God, for rescuing us. pray all this in Jesus' name.